Yes, right, I'm back with another episode. This is the Real Talk, Real Walk. Uh, unfortunately, E-Man's not in the building today. But not to worry, we've got a special guest in the house. We've got a powerhouse, we've got a superstar, all the way from South London, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hello, hello. So yeah, my name's Will Dwessy. I'm the founder of a watch brand called Vite London. Guys, Google him. His name will come up in every way, shape or form. <laughs> You'll find him, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Google, Spotify, just you name it, he's, he's there. Right, we're just going to do a little icebreaker, bro, before we get into it. Not nice, short and sweet. No trick questions. I'm just going to fire out 10 quick questions. Um, you can just give a straight answer. And All right. If there's any follow-up questions off the back of that, then there will be. Right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, bro. Orange juice or apple juice? Apple. Crypto <laughs> Conan. Oof. <laughs> Crep because I've known him growing up. Okay, okay, yeah. interesting. So yeah. you prefer like his style and flow of a Conan, yeah? I'm just going to say crepe because I've known him growing up. I'm not going to say anything else. That's it, <laughs> Jollof rice or fried rice? Uh, fried rice. British Airways or Virgin? Virgin. I agree with that, even though I don't travel too much, but I definitely <laughs> agree with that. Twitter or Instagram? Ooh, Twitter. Yeah, how come? I don't like all the Instagram algorithms. <sighs> I like the I like how organic Twitter is. Yeah, yeah. The, the algorithm on Insta is a bit painful, to be fair. For sure, man. EPs or mixtapes? Pretty much same difference, isn't it? One's just longer, but I'll go with EPs. Yeah, yeah. Summer or winter? Summer. Why is that, bro? Just the warmth, the vibes. Um, I prefer winter in terms of dressing. My swag. I was, I was literally just about to say my that. swag's correct for winter, but summers. Yeah, summer, summer, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like with summer, the the dressing is limited a little, man. It's very limited, but it's summer, isn't it? <laughs> Can't go wrong with summer, to be fair. For sure. Marvin Sapp or Fred Hammond? Oof. I have beef with one of my boys <laughs> over this one, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, but I would go with... Uh, i go with Marvin Sapp. Do you know what? Originally, I was going to throw Kurt Franklin or Fred Hammond, but I thought it might have been too easy. Mm. So I thought, let me remove Kirk and go with Marvin Sapp. Why Marvin Sapp? Uh, I've just connected to his music a bit more, mm. but they've they're both got bangers for days. So. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Right, there's two more. Bali or Dubai? I've only been to Dubai, so I can't really assess. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, bass guitar or electric guitar? They accompany each other. It's like, I don't know. Um, I'd rather play bass. Mm. But yeah, yeah. Do you play bass, yeah? I can play a bit, but I wouldn't say I'm a bass guitarist. Okay, okay. All right, nice. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into the chat. Um, just give us like a bit, a bit of a background into like you and like who you are, what it is that you do. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, as I said earlier, founder of Vite London. Um, Vite is actually Latin for life. So our whole mantra is to be the fashion brand changing lives. So with each watch we sell, we help support child free education across sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. Um, we launched in January 2016. Um, since launching, we've distributed over 2,000 items of uniform to children in need and over 300 solar lamps. So, yeah, that's a bit of an overview of the brand. Okay. What was like the inspiration behind um, Vite and obviously helping the kids in Africa? Yeah, I always say Vite was birthed out of frustration. Um, frustration on two fronts. The first one is the fact that I was working a job I wasn't particularly passionate about. Mm. I was making really good money, but money alone just wasn't doing it for me anymore. Um, and that, like, I guess perpetual cycle of waking up every single day for something you're not passionate about was just grinding my gears mm. um, and I always knew I was passionate about the creative world and fashion as well 
And then the second frustration is the fact that my dad's actually the first in my family line to learn to read and write. So oh, he wow. actually grew up in a remote village in Ghana. Um, someone sponsoring him through his education broke that cycle of poverty for my family. Um, yeah. So I just want to do that for more children across the continent. Oh, wow. Do you know what's interesting that frustration is what's birthed, like, the business as it is right now, especially with, like, how well the business is doing. Um, it's obviously amazing to hear, like, the inspiration because you really hear business start through this way. Mm. Um, a lot of the time you hear people start their businesses because they've always had a passion or they've always been interested in a particular product or brand or mm. they were ego, they had a desire to make money or they just wanted to be successful. So it's, it's interesting to obviously hear that yours was like birthed through frustration. Mm. But let's just talk on that frustration. Like whilst you was obviously within the job that you was in previously, because obviously it was pretty successful for you. How was you managing the frustration within the job? I don't think I was managing it great. Um, I guess in my in my mindset, I've always had the, like I really believe in sowing and reaping. So mm. the whole time I was there, even like the latter parts of my tenure, I would I would still work really hard because... My mindset was that one day I'm going to employ people and if they're not working hard, it's kind of the fruits I've sown while working here, if that mm. makes sense. The seeds I've sown, sorry. Um, so yeah, it was it was difficult. I try my best to work hard through that season, um, but it was just getting to a point where I just didn't have the motivation to keep going. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, working, it was a, I was working as a senior recruiter. Okay. Um, and yeah, like the money was obviously good, but it just got to a point where I couldn't work for money alone. Mm. Where was where was the um, the point where it switched in your head mentally where you thought you've actually had to leave? Because I imagine you would have stuck it out for, for quite a period of time within your previous job. Yeah, it was a gradual process for sure. Um, but I had the initial idea for Vitae London in January 2015. Okay. And then I'd fully quit my job and I've been full-time since January 2016. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a year of doing my research but the minute the samples landed and then the first mass production landed I just yeah I quit my job and just went from there okay did you start uh, Vitae by yourself yeah I started it by myself in the early days um, a couple of people that have come on board as directors now mm. actually jumped on board back in like month one month two and supported on a voluntary basis with okay. just like pouring in their expertise um, and then yeah when we got enough money we been able to pay them now but yeah when I started it was just me okay it's amazing what was the um, inspiration in and around the products itself because obviously we understand the reasons and the inspiration behind the business but what about the product itself because yeah. obviously at the time when like and even till now Vitae in itself is very unique in its watches there's not many other brands that are similar to to Vitae Mm. especially at the time when you originally launched as well. So what was the like, inspiration behind the product? Because I imagine that would have taken a lot of time, a lot of creativity to be able to create the product itself. For sure. I guess it stemmed from being fascinated with watches of days gone by. So looked at brands like Patek Philippe and mm. yeah, I've always loved their watches, but they were just way out my price range. So mm. they're like 20 grand for watches, etc. Um, So I looked at styles and iconic looks like those and thought to myself, could I create the Vitae look? So an mm. iconic style, which is classic, similar to those brands in a sense, but at an affordable price point, mm. yet still being really, really good quality. Mm. So that was my kind of mission from the get-go to achieve an iconic style at an affordable price point. Okay, and you're uh, what is it? Five seasons deep now? Yeah, five seasons in now. What what keeps that creativity flowing? 
oh, I've like I've already planned up to season probably ten or eleven. Oh wow! Like I know wow. the next steps. I know the next products. Um, yeah, like I don't struggle with ideas or creativity. I've struggled with resources in the past, but yeah, I don't really struggle with with that at all. Mm, no, that's that's amazing to hear. Um, going back a little bit, um, obviously I know you personally, like before the business and stuff. For sure. Um, obviously, when when we first met each other, you was a saxophonist. Um, what kind of like brought about that change from going to where you originally started to to where you are now? And if you don't mind, if you give a bit of backstory about what you used to do before Vite and stuff like that. Yeah. So in terms of in the creative world before Vite. Um, I ran like a media and photography business, which is still doing well, called Vite Photography. Okay. Um, and then even before that, um, well, even before that, I was saxophonist for a band with my brother in a band with my brothers, and then I became lead singer a couple years later. Um, so yeah, for a few years, I was part of a band called Divine Impact with my bros. Um, yeah, we used to like tour the country and just yeah make good music. So mm. yeah, that's that was like my creative background before Vite. Did you ever get back into the whole um, uh, playing a sax or singing? Because I, I know at the time like it was a huge part and it probably still is but mm. um, there might be time constraints and stuff like that but would you ever like get back into to that line of work or that line of business ever again? Yeah, so I have not touched the saxophone in probably seven or eight years. I literally wow. just haven't touched it. Um, so I doubt I ever pick up a sax again but um I still sing, I am. I still serve in my church, so I'm part of Hillsong London, mm. lead worship there most weekends, so I still get to get to do it. Um, but music, I think, will always be, like, my first love. Mm. Um, so I've got into DJing a lot recently, okay. which I'm enjoying and I'm loving. So that gives me balance where I don't have to rely on, say, other team or band members. Yeah. I can just practice them on my own and still be creative and still perform. So, yeah, I'll probably be DJing a lot more going forward. So with the DJing, is that more of a hobby or is it something that you want to um, make into a business of some sort? I think anything I do creatively will always have some kind of business angle. Okay. Um, naturally, um, just because of the way I am. But uh, it is a creative outlet for me. That's mm-hmm. the key thing for me. So I'm not going to take gigs I don't want to take. I'm not yeah, going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do stuff that I enjoy. And I've already made quite a bit of money from it. So yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, no, sick, sick. So just a bit in, obviously, back to Vite, a bit in and around the kids and the work that you do. What is like some of the... You might not be able to like, mention everything you do, but what is some mm. of the work work that you actually do for the kids? Yeah, so with the children, the key thing for us is removing barriers to education. That's what we stand for. That's what we do. So the two ways in which we do it, the, the first way is through school uniforms. Okay. So, yeah, whenever we sell a watch, we either provide a full set of school uniform to see a child through school for the year or we provide them with a solar lamp. Mm. Um, so that means children in the remote villages, um, specifically in Ghana for that project, they don't have to travel for uh, for hours or burn harmful fuels in order to study in the evening. So that's mm. how we, we, we get on the ground and we support the children um, with partner charities. So we work with um, House of Wells across South Africa, Zimbabwe, Lesotho and Uganda. Oh, wow. And then we work with a charity called Pentapaper Ghana in Ghana. So, yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. Where do you kind of like see Vita in about four or five years? I just want to take what we've done now and what we've built um, and do it on a much larger scale. Mm. Um, there isn't there isn't much else but to actually just scale up what we've done quite drastically. So 
Just want to build a household name. I want to ensure that we're impacting as many lives as possible across the continent. We're probably going to diversify in terms of product offerings. Mm. Um, so we've already started delving into jewelry mm. um, and we're looking into other fashion items that we're going to go into in the future. So yeah, just expansion, um, just building an empire. Yeah, no, sick. I mean, the brand is definitely unique, especially with like, um, uh, with like with where the business is going and exactly what the business does away from the products itself. So mm. um, the work that he does for the kids, obviously there's a certain percentage um, of the income that goes towards helping the children and stuff like that. So that in itself, like the brand is very, very amazing in what it does. But do you ever see like yourself like competing with any other watch brands? Obviously we know that you're you're in a very, very niche market because I, I personally don't know any other brands, let alone watches, but brands that give a percentage in order to help the community, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But do you ever, do you ever like think you're in competition with like other watch brands at any point in time? hundred, like that's what fuels me. I love competition. So I'm looking at the, the bigger players. I'm looking at the bigger mm. brands constantly benchmarking, trying to see what we can do to, to build a business that can eventually topple them um, and take over. So yeah, I, I, I don't think I, Although I am in a niche because of the give back element of our brand, I'm still very much out to take on anyone in the market mm. um, and eager to build a business that is able to to stand the test of time. Yeah, and no, I love that energy, man. That energy. Is, and sometimes people think like competition is wrong, but I definitely think it's good to obviously study the market to the extent so you, you know your opposition, so to mm. speak. Mm. Um, you obviously know what brands are already out there. You know what... Um, brands are doing what and you know what products you're obviously competing with and I think to to have that energy is something that is definitely definitely amazing and probably often underrated because I know a lot of people shy away from competition but sometimes it it kind of does fuel us Mm. and what watch brands are you a fan of? Am I a fan of? Um, I'm a fan of the the premium high end expensive brands more so than the others. Rolex, um, AP. So yeah, um, AP, Rolex, Patek Philippe is a personal favourite of mine. Um, I love some of the the Breitling range. So yeah, it, I'm really into like the more high end premium watches. Mm, and I, mm. my thing is, how can I bridge the gap between between that and mm. actually a market which is eager for great quality products but not at those stupid prices. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to build with this company. Oh, sick. So like, um, so yeah, one one thing I wanted to mention as well, obviously, we've, we've seen like how well Vita is doing in the industry. We've seen how well you as an individual and as a brand you're doing in the industry. Um, so you've got a lot of individuals in the industry, you know, wearing the watches, mm-hmm. um, the likes of Richard Branson's co-signed, um, Emily Sande, Rich, mm. Michael Dapper, model comedian now. Mm. Um, how, how important do you think it is for like yourself being a Christian and just Christians in general have an influence in industries such as business or the music? Yeah, I just, I think it's crucial. I think it's so important. Um, I think the beauty of being a Christian is taking light into darkness. Mm. Um, and I've like, I went through phases where, cause my dad's a pastor, right? Mm. So I went through phases thinking I was like cool to be in the church, cool mm. to become a pastor. I was actually on staff on Hillsong for a few months. Oh, wow. And then I quit because I realized that it just wasn't for me. Mm. Um, and I feel like some people are cool to be in the church and mm. we need those people to equip Christians to go out there and make an impact. But mm. for me, I know I'm made to be in, the marketplace, I thrive 
I thrive in competing with non-Christians. I thrive mm. in competing in areas where we're typically not meant to be mm. um, and showing that we can take over and dominate in, in all in all facets of life, for sure. Mm. What what fuels that energy? Because I love that, man. I think it's definitely something that's amazing. Like what you said is key. There definitely are some people that are called for the church, like they've got the grace for the church, but yeah. then there are... And there's probably a few, a few people that have the grace to be influential out there in the world. Mm. And I think we need more people like that. So we need more Christians that are actually influential in the world. Yeah. Um, so like yourself and like the the John Beagers in terms of acting. Um so it's it's very, very important, very, very important. But what what fuels your energy to want to make so much of a difference out in the world? If I'm gonna be real, I think I've got a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Mm. Um so obviously I grew up in the ends, Peckham, Camberwell, my whole life, and then when I was eleven I got sent to a boarding school. So I got okay. my dad put me through all these like after school sessions and then I got a scholarship to this like prestigious boarding school around all these posh kids mm. at 11 and then like one one day we went to play a game of rugby we lost the match against like a local school and someone from my team called the other team council estate scum oh, wow. not realizing like I'm like I'm from a council estate myself so I think from a young age having those kind of encounters mm. um like I probably shouldn't be proud of it, but as a result, I think I have got a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Like, mm. like I battle hard to kind of prove what I'm capable of doing mm-hmm. um, and to show the world what is possible. I just mm-hmm. think there's so much, there's so many talkers around, there's so many yeah. people, so many visionaries, but they don't have any fruit or vision. Um, so my thing is, I just want to be active on these like short years I'm going to live on this earth and I just want to die empty. I want mm. to die knowing I've given everything I've got. Um, so I guess that's what fuels it. That's what fuels the passion. Mm. Um, I've always just wanted to kind of level out that playing field. Do you know what? That's deep, man. Like, looking at your background and stuff like that, let's, like, dwell on that a little bit. What was it like growing up in Peckham, like, in South London? Um, I loved it. Like, it was all I knew. Mm. Like, I was very aware of the of the madness. I had a lot of friends involved in the madness. Mm. Um but my my parents kind of shielded me from all of it, so I never. Thankfully, I never really got involved in in much myself. Um, but yeah, growing up was it was mad, man. It was, but it was fun. Like it was all mm. we knew. So it was mm. it was only when I went to boarding school that I realized that oh flip, like I actually grew up in a mad area. Mm. Like what I used to see on a day to day was not normal. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um, so yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't change it at all. Did you change. have any, like, reservations about going to boarding school? Because, you know, like, when we're younger and, like, some of our parents will threaten us, like, they'll send us back home and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, people, like, go private school and they feel different or they may not like it. But obviously, with, like, your experience with, with going boarding school, it kind of paid off in a sense. Um, in a sense that, yeah, there was a bit of name-calling and that's probably what fueled your energy. Mm. But prior to going, like, did you have any sort of reservations at all? If I'm real, I was like, I was young. I was like 11, year seven. So mm. I don't I don't fully remember my mindset at the, the time. time yeah. I think I do remember feeling a bit apprehensive to leave home. But mm. the minute I... I think I was gassed to actually be away. Like, mm. just be like a grown-up at age yeah. 11. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, there was just so many elements that I just weren't feeling. Mm. Um, I didn't connect to a lot of the people 
like I often just made kind of clicks with my boys while we were out there. Mm, there was just mm. like a small cohort of a few black boys out there. So yeah, we just kind of formed bonds and just kind of brought the ends to the boarding school in a sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was cool, but um, I don't know if I would have done it again if I, if I go back. <laughs> I don't blame you, boy. But at least it's, it's good that obviously that experience is what's fuel your energy. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And I think a lot of the time we can draw on some experiences to be able to tell our story. Yeah, I think for me, it was important to just see what was possible. Mm. Like some of these parents um, of the children didn't necessarily come from wealth, but they had built wealth for themselves. Mm. Um, so, like, even one of my best friends at boarding school, his mum was Entrepreneur of the Year, like, three years running in Birmingham. Oh, wow. He lived in, like, a crazy mansion. And this was all things I'd never seen before mm. in my life. Do you know what I mean? So, I think just knowing that there weren't the limits that I thought there were, were mm. was was all I really needed from that experience. Yeah, no, that's sick, man. Um, so, obviously, with, like being an influential figure out in the business market, what sort of challenges do you face? Like, do you face any challenges where your faith is being questioned or you, you may have to compromise at some sort? Like, what sort, what sort of challenges do you face? Because obviously I know there's, there may be people that are Christians that may be a bit apprehensive about being influential in a, a secular industry, so to speak, or a secular dominated industry, rather. But what sort of challenges like have you faced in... Being being a Christian, but at the same time being a, a figurehead in such a strong business market. Mm, it's interesting. I think I think the challenges are going to be similar no matter what field of work you're in. Because mm. um, even when I was working in the city doing sales, there were certain challenges because a lot of the other salesmen on my team would be a bit dodgy and okay, and do yeah. things without integrity in mm. order to get deals over the line. So I think as a Christian, no matter what, whether I, I'm doing business or working a nine-to-five job, the biggest challenge is upholding integrity. Mm. I'm ensuring I do things in the right way, ensuring I honour my staff, ensuring I honour my customers, um, the children we support. It's just about just that constant uh, reminding myself of integrity and Mm. just doing the right thing, I think is what Mm. it is. Yeah, no, sick. How is it um, like relating with a lot of these like industry people? So the likes of, you know, Michael Dappers, the wretches, um the people that are obviously senior in business, like the people that we don't necessarily see in the forefront. Um, what is it like rubbing shoulders with with these kind of people? Yeah, again, I guess going back to boarding school, I think one of the benefits of that is I feel like from that I'm able to be a sort of a comedian. Like I can go into any kind of room or environment and know how to kind of present myself. Mm. So from a young age, like 11, I'm with all these posh kids. Yeah. So I think it shaped my ability to, like, I can be with Mandem from ends and be ends, or I can, like, I can be at 10 Downing Street and I can speak to the politicians there and know what to say, how to mm. move in those settings. So, mm. like, I don't really struggle with being able to relate. Mm. Um, and a lot of the celebs that we see today were guys and girls from the ends anyway yeah so i think there's that mutual respect it's like it's weird because i have like i have quite a few different influential people that follow me um and i think it's just that they're just surprised that a black boy from ends could start a watch company do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so there's that mutual respect and love so yeah it's awesome man you don't feel like any of them like question your faith or any anything like that not really i i haven't i haven't faced that as an issue um Maybe I've still got that to come, but <laughs> like, 
yeah, I, it's not like the first time I meet them, I say, hey, I'm, I'm Christian. Christian. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just cool. It's just vibes. And mm. uh, I think the issue with Christianity often is people are, people are quick to, people are quick to be like the preachers on the corner and just shout about their faith speak, and just, speak, bro. and just like, do things in an untimely manner. Yeah, yeah. Whereas people just want to connect with people. Like, I, c- I can walk into a room and vibes with anyone. Mm. Like, I've met people who are like mad, um, like scientists and believe in all these weird kind of things. Yeah, yeah. But I can find common ground with anyone mm. and just be able to, to connect. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I haven't faced that as an issue yet. Do you know, I think that's important, like having the ability to adapt the, to your surroundings. For sure. I think that's very, very important, especially if you're around people that are not necessarily Christians or if you're around people that don't necessarily scream out their faith. <clears throat> I think that was the power of Jesus, if you deep it. Like, he had the ability to relate to anyone. And even when you look at parables, the stories and parables were always relative to the people at the time. Mm. So he was able to break down things like gospel Christian things in a manner that they could relate to because the story was right in line with them. So I feel like as Christians, often people are just the people again to just shout their beliefs. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you can just relate to someone on a one-to-one basis, Mm -hmm. the opportunity will then come to just say, hey, this is what's happened to me. This is what's changed my life. No pressure for you to convert or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I'm just letting you know. Um, and I think that's the most powerful way to be able to reach people. Mm. I think that's important as well because we're in a day and age where a lot of people are looking for love. Um, a lot of people mm. are having their fair share of experiences, whether it's trauma, any sorts of drama, life mm. issues. And a lot of people are looking for somebody to relate with them. A lot of people are looking for people to connect with them on the real. I think we're in a day and age where everybody's after the real. Do you know what I mean? And I, th- I think that's what it is because with some of the the influential people however we want to phrase it, um, like often I would just reach out to them, message them and just make sure they're good. Mm-hmm. Like no, no motive. I ain't, I ain't trying to get them to post about watches. I'm not trying to yeah. that. I'm genuinely like reaching out to them because like as the brand is building, as I'm rising, like I'm feeling the pressure and I'm mm. feeling how, how tough it can be, how isolating it can be. So it just makes me think, what about these people that, don't have that faith in God or they like how are they coping how are they managing so it gives me like more of an incentive to reach out to them and show them love Mm. and they're always a bit baffled like they don't get that they don't get people randomly just hoping that they're good or like if I see like a celeb friend that I know put out a mad tweet Mm. I'll just text them like oh like what's going on Mm. and just send mad encouragement because that's what they need they need Mm. love more than they need chastising more than they need to be told about hell and all the nonsense a lot of Christians will spout out. Mm. And I think that's good. I think that's the that's the power of influence, really. Um, I think being able to connect with with all different kind of people, like people of different races, different backgrounds, different upbringings, that love is forever remains consistent. For sure. Um, you don't necessarily need to scream and shout about your faith in order for people to witness Jesus within your life. Facts, facts. I think just by just by your fruit, just by your actions, people can obviously see that there's something different about you. And like mm. you said, 
some of these people they may not um, experience people just checking in yeah. they may not experience people just hitting them up saying hey how you doing especially for like celebrities because celebrities probably want favours yeah. celebrities probably want you to retweet their work for mm, some sort mm, do you mm. know what I mean so imagine just, every time like I feel for them because I'm starting to experience it, not on their level, but imagine every time you get a text message from someone, it's a question. It's like, can you do this? Yeah, yeah. I imagine that's every single time. Mm. And it's like, it's a constant bombardment. And like, even just checking for myself, I've been thinking, nah, this is mad. Like, mm-hmm. like I had one guy from my secondary school. I haven't spoken to him for, since I was 16. So 13 years. He randomly reaches out. He's like, oh, bro, things are tired. Um, this issue's come up. I would love to borrow some money. And I'm like, bro, I haven't spoken to you in over a decade. Like, I'm down wow. to help people, but come on, man. Yeah. Like, so it's, yeah, so I'm thinking, and I'm I'm not, I wouldn't even say I'm, I'm really that influential. I wouldn't mm. say I've reached anywhere yet. So if I'm feeling like this, mm. it just makes me feel so much compassion for, for these celebs because it's, yeah, it's a madness. Yeah. How, how do you deal with that, man? How do you cope? Because um, obviously, you, like you said, you might not be getting it on a big scale, but you probably definitely are getting it on some sort of scale where people might have expectancies. I'm learning to say no. Like, before I was more of a people pleaser, like, I just wanted to make sure I could, yeah, please everyone. But mm. I'm getting to a point where I'm just, I'm learning to say no. Um, I'm putting infrastructure and systems in place as well to help me with everything. So I've actually recently hired a personal assistant who's like, managing my diary mm. which was just killing me before like yeah. I would be missing out on opportunities just because I can't get back to everyone's emails mm. um, so yeah so now that that system's in place my team are carrying a lot more things are, are definitely better for sure mm-hmm. do you know what? it's good that you've obviously got that that infrastructure in place so obviously you know the PA the team I think it's probably it's probably more important than anything having for like sure. a, a support network and having a system really really is important um, where does like your your family or wife play in 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 Vite and in the business? Are they involved or is, are they separate entities? Um, so my wife, like my wife, is one of the inspirations behind the business as well. Actually, so mm. the first charity and the main charity we support, House of Wells, um, that stemmed from a trip that she went to um, in South Africa. Okay, um, and she saw the need and kind of like when it had that synergy with my dad's story is what made me want to just start yeah, making that impact. So mm. yeah, she's integral to the business. She's actually a part qualified accountant as well. Okay. Okay. Um, so she, she liaises with our accountant. I think mm. I've probably spoken to my accountant once because <laughs> wow. she like, she liaises, she'll, mm. she'll compile all the books and she'll, she'll discuss everything with him. So yeah, she's, yeah, she's an integral mm. part of the business for sure. Yeah, no, that is, that is important, man. Um, for anyone that may be interested in like starting a business and so forth that are actually Christians, what sort of like advice would you give them? Don't make your stuff cheesy. <laughs> like, don't, don't make it obviously Christian. Don't, don't create a watch and put a cross on it. <laughs> you know you can't be prosecuted for that! Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's obviously very baseline. Yeah. But, Come on, like create, create a beautiful. If it's products you're looking to do, create a beautiful product that compete with anyone on the market. Mm. Like, don't try and drop a Christian card or put something cheesy on there, because that's there's no longevity in that. Mm. Mm. Um, so, like, set out to make a business that can be anyone else on the market mm. that can compete in price, that can compete in quality. Mm. Um, like, if we're meant to be ambassadors of God. 
why is our stuff weaker than the stuff that the world is producing? Facts. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and my whole thing is, like, as a Christian, I'm trying to work 10 times harder than the people that aren't, like, because I'm I'm meant to be representing something. Mm. So if I'm representing something and, and everything is, is poor, it's poorly executed, to me, that's just, yeah, I can't live like that, man. Mm. I think that's, I think it's important and I think it's sound because I've definitely, like, come across a few... Christian brands recently and they all scream like the logo they've all got one scripture or something on there um, and it's not that it's bad like it's, it's completely down to them but I think they probably are limiting their growth to some degree sure. um, obviously when we were growing up there were so many like Christian brands um, and the thing is if your brand is explicitly Christian that's cool kill it make it excellent like, mm. that's alright but I feel like a lot of people are on, on this middle ground where they want anyone they want to grow a multi-million pound business they mm. want anyone and everyone to be able to buy it mm. but your stuff's not good mm. your stuff looks cheesy like yeah mm. can't really talk too much into that but yeah yeah no of course no it's true it's complete facts man I think there, there should be a, a high standard about what we do, mm. about the work that we put out there. Mm. Especially, like you said, if we are ambassadors and if we are children of God, there definitely needs to be like a high standard about everything that we're delivering. And if it, not, and, we're Christian. And if you're making Christian um, merch or attire, yeah, just make it bang. Like, make mm. it good. Make it as excellent as something else in the world. Like, even growing up, as you said, like, brands like Jesus Junkie, mm. they blew because their stuff was actually good. Yeah, like, yeah, for real. Their designs were good. They made, like, amazing content around it. Mm. Like, so, that's why they did well. Mm. But I think, I think people forget the scripture, faith without works is dead. Mm. So they think that because they got faith in God that, oh, they've put this up to God, they've had this idea and God's just going to make it bust. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. sometimes I feel like, God looks down and and he's like he's just like what what am I meant to do with that like do you know what I mean like yeah. if you if you sown if you sown a seed on dreadful ground and the seed is dreadful God can't cause that to grow mm-hmm. like so yeah I think that's the really important thing I think we're not watering our seeds enough mm. um, like you said I think a lot of us Christians we've got faith like we've got faith for days faith mm. to the faith to the cows run dry um, I think the application factor is probably something that's missing um, I would I, say I would I would. I would kind of counter that and say, I don't think we truly have faith. Okay. Because if you if you had faith that God could do what you think he could do, mm. your vision would be different. Like your your <sighs> that's, mindset that's would true. be different. Your work rate would be different. Mm. Like if you truly believed in what you were building, you wouldn't produce rubbish. You mm. wouldn't produce slack things. Mm. Um, so I think if we're saying a lot of Christians have faith, it is misguided faith. It's mm. not... It's not actual faith. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, do you know, uh, thinking about it, I mean, it's hard-hitting, it's it's harsh, but it's true. Mm. It, it is harsh, but it's true. I think if obviously we put a lot of faith, if we have a lot of faith, then we'll definitely see further than where we can probably see. Mm. And mm. if we obviously see further than where we can see, our, our journey and steps will probably be a lot different. For sure. Um, and I think that's probably where the, the lack of action kind of comes in, is we, we have faith, albeit limited, but we ain't really got the application to follow suit. Mm. Um, it probably makes it a bit difficult or it, it it doesn't allow for there to be longevity within our businesses, whether it's business or product or music or podcast or whatever it may be. Um, the long, the longevity is almost questionable mm. um, due to the, the lack of application. 
Mm. Um, but how do you feel like we as Christians could probably apply ourselves a whole lot more? Um, especially when, you know, like Christians, like we love talking, like we, we can talk to the cows come home. We love talking and we love preaching. But how do you feel we can like apply ourselves a bit more? Like, is it the connections we don't have? Do we not know people in the industry to, to bring us through? Like, what, what do you think is, is stopping us from, I've, from breaking, I've... breaking through? Yeah, I don't know why I feel like I'm in a rant mood today, but I just feel, feel like free, even <laughs> I feel like even some of the things you mentioned there, connections into the industry, all of that, that comes by by working. Mm-hmm. Like that comes by like showing yourself approved, showing yeah. what you can produce, showing what you can manufacture. Like a lot of the, all these ambassadors with Vita, all these connections, they didn't come from me saying I had an idea to start a watch brand. Mm. They came from me executing on a watch brand. Mm. Like they came from me working ridiculous hours. Like there was a couple of times I crashed my car on the way home because I fell asleep. Like that's that's how mad I was working to start this business off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like that's I, I think my advice to Christians is work harder. Like work as if you're working for God. Mm. Like work as if work as if this is work for God that you want to present to the world. Mm. Um, and the thing is, when you do that, I feel like God opens doors that you don't even deserve. Mm. And that's cool, but like put in the work and he'll do that. Mm. I should not, like Richard, I should not be mentored by Richard Branson. Mm. Like Pharrell Williams, Michelle Williams, they should not have my watches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But because I gave it my all, I feel like God is just like, all right, cool, have this. There you go. Let me just ginger this. Let me add a bit of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm. um, most of our biggest wins have just been God things. Like, mm. they haven't been my hard work. Mm. But I don't think he would have given it to me if I didn't work hard. Yeah, no, of course. What's your um, like relationship like with Richard Branson? Because obviously, not many of us can be mentored by Richard. Do you know what I mean? Not many of us have a relationship with Richard. So what's what's your relationship like with him? So yeah, it's cool. I guess like he'll drop in. He's only allowed in the UK for fifteen days in a year. Okay. Um, because of tax purposes, because <laughs> he's a G like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, pretty much every year when he's around, um, I'm actually an ambassador for Virgin Startup. Okay. So they push um, entrepreneurship within the UK. So whenever he's around, I get that one-on-one mentoring, um, or they'll ask me to like interview him in front of an audience or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's, it's a cool relationship. Mm. Um, like it's it's been amazing in terms of opening doors for us as a brand and a mm. business. Um, and it's yeah, it's still pretty is, surreal. Is he religious at all? Um, not that I know of. Mm. He seems to be like quite a spiritual person, yeah. someone who sees more of the world than just face value. Mm. But in terms of subscribing to a specific religion, I, I don't think so. Yeah. So like away from away from business, what's your relationship like with like him or or various other people? May not necessarily be Richard, but other people that you may look up to or you may talk to or you may liaise with. So with with Richard, it's not someone I can just text right now. So it's not like yeah. Uh, proper close personal close connection. Knit. I'll definitely say that's more of a business level. Um, in terms of the people that people would know that I have like personal relationships, it's just they're just like celebs are normal people. Mm. It's just it's just cool. It's vibes. It's um, as I said, texting in to check up on them because I feel like I feel like a part of what I'm meant to be doing is ensuring that people of that stature that I come into contact with mm. are okay. Mm. Like I feel like God hasn't placed them in my life for no reason. Yeah, so yeah, I just constantly make sure they're good, um, they're blessed, and yeah, kick it from there, man. 
Sweet. And lastly, bro, how are you? Like, how are you mentally, emotionally, business aside, ministry aside? Like, how is how is William Adawasi? I think I'm I'm good. I'm in a I'm in a phase where everything externally is great, but I've just come out of a season where I was like internally crumbling mm. purely because of the amount of work. Um, like there's there's always more work to be done, especially with the the pace at which we're growing. Mm. Um, so like yeah, I've just kind of overcome that. As I said, put the structures and systems in place, which are helping me. Um, looking forward to to a break shortly. Mm. Um, but yeah, all in all, I'm good. Like I can't complain. Like we're we're putting in great numbers. We're the business is doing good. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just grateful and just. But then I'm always forward thinking, so yeah, I always yeah, want to yeah. make sure I'm the next step ahead, mm-hmm. so that we never we never lose what we've been able to create so yeah, far. Yeah, no, and just keep building momentum. Yeah, yeah, sick. Any last words? Anything you want to promote? Where can people find you? What's the latest? What's what's coming? Um. Yeah, we've got new products coming out, uh, new ranges coming out. Constantly check out the website in this season. We have like loads of different sales and discounts people can take advantage of as well. Um, so yeah, just stay connected with the brand. Our social media handles across everything are Vitae London and Vitae spelled V for Victor, I for India, T for Tango, A for Alpha, E for Echo. So Vitae followed by London and the website is VitaeLondon.com. So yeah, check us out. Have a look and yeah, see what we're working on. Amazing. Don't work. It's been great talking to you, bro. Thank you, brother. Really Thanks appreciate it. For the listeners, everyone stay in touch. Um, it's been great having a chat with William Adawasi. Don't forget, check out the watches. Some of the stuff are amazing. Great content on there. All of the stuff is amazing, not some. <laughs> <laughs> God, God remain humble, you know. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> right, announcement again, just to obviously let you know. Uh, free the realness we're real talk real walk we're doing our first ever live show and that will be on the 1st of March 2020 uh, 1st of March 2020 so make sure you get your tickets um, the tickets are moving kind of fast to be honest uh, early birds are sold out we still got the first release so yeah get your tickets man it's going to be sick it's going to be dope we've got Big J DJing um, we're going to have several different discussions we're going to have a few games being played as well it's going to be a lot of a lot of wisdom on deck a lot of banter on deck got a lot of giveaway prizes as well so it's going to be a great time alright it's been fun take care guys